I have a little bit of a Marvel ennui, I think, already. Like, there are oh, Marvel whoa. movies where I think they're... <laughs> no, like, like, ennui? No, that, that's actually, like, or malaise. Like, that, that's actually, like, the word I'm looking <laughs> no, for. Right? Something just where get, I'm just you, like, just, you get major Scrabble points for that I, one. That was a big word. <laughs> big word for like, this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 461 with a review of Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're gathered here to talk about the latest partnership between Sony and Marvel. This is, you know, this actually sits inside the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, This is the first film of the new Spider-Man. And uh, in honor of of him, uh, let's go ahead and start (laughs) off by asking you guys uh, who in the film series that has uh, happened so far, who do you think was the best Spider-Man? First of all, just... (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm I'm so glad we're honoring Spider-Man. I yeah, mean, I was gonna say I just wanted to thank just, you for it's been too long. Finally taking a moment to honor Spider-Man. Yeah, pour one hey, out. Hey, I mean he's he's helping old ladies, getting churros, <laughs> I know. stopping bike thieves. Mm-hmm. He's dancing with a emo haircut. Yeah, Can and you... we can't forget that like Spider-Man has physical problems, but he also has gone through some mental challenges too, like in Spider-Man yeah. 3, and like he came out the other side a better person for it. So we need oh, to... Totally. Yeah. It is good to honor him. But anyways, uh, now that you guys are done berating me for my choice of words, <laughs> let's get to the gosh dang question at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Miller. Gosh dang. Who... Who done? Who done played the best Spider-Man? Who, who wore it better? <laughs> yeah, who wore it better? Actually, yeah, I mean, did, to- Toby was better? on fleek. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, he was, honestly, he was lit. I, I have a very kind of either controversial or boring, depending on your stance in the Spider-Man <laughs> universe opinion. Which is, first of all, I think all three major Spider-Men have been like pretty good at it. Like. I'll go to bat for Andrew Garfield any day of the week. I think he was a great Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire was a classic. Like, of course, now in the lens of 2017 <laughs> superhero movies, I look back kind of laughingly about it. But it was a different time. Like, it was a different kind How of movie. Um, and, <laughs> of course, uh, Tom Holland. That's this guy's name? Yeah. Right? Tom Holland, I think, is a phenomenal Spider-Man. Spoilers for my feeling about Spider-Man. Uh, I don't I know I even suggested this question, but I don't. I don't want to rate them. Um, <laughs> I didn't technically ask you to like don't stack make me rank, do it. rank them I'm, or anything I'm, like that. I'm just saying which is the best. All right. Gun, I'm actually going to say, head. I think Tom, Tom will grow into it, but I'm going to say Andrew Garfield is actually the best Spider-Man. I think like his behavior when he fights villains and stuff is the most comic booky and the most true to the tone of it. And I just dug the hair. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Carson? Um, first of all, I just want to, to remind everyone, uh, and make everyone feel old, but, uh, Spider-Man three turned 10 years old this year. Um, also, um, I mean, I'm kind of with Steven, like I haven't had a problem with any of the Spider-Mans. Like I, I thought that the, the cast for the amazing Spider-Mans was really good. Um, it's just those movies weren't good. Um, yeah, I like Tobey Maguire. I mean, I really like the the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. I, you know, I, I'm sure Chris thought I was trolling him earlier, but like, I legitimately think that Spider-Man Three is underrated. Like, I didn't have a, <laughs> no, I didn't I, have. I, a, I didn't think you were trolling me. I know yeah. that you have this whack opinion. He just no, thinks I, you're a troll. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, like I, I don't know. Like, I didn't think it was that bad. Like when when it came out, and I think over time, like I remember catching it on TV a couple years ago, and I was like. I it's 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 still fun like it's um I don't know I feel like after the I feel like they kind of hit the peak in Spider-Man 2 you know and that's kind of the one that's uh regarded as the best of those three and um I kind of liked when I kind of like the idea or the fact that Sam Raimi just went full camp in the third one um I don't know so it, it has its charms obviously um yeah and 
I like Tom Holland. I, I mean, I liked him in Civil Bro. Uh, he was one of the the few good parts of that movie. His his portrayal of portrayal of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for me, if I have to look at the the three Spiders Man, um, I would definitely have to say Tom Holland is my favorite. And uh, I don't have to justify that yet because we're about to review this film. But uh, let's just say that he. Uh, he definitely slung in there to the list and was able to knock out Andrew Garfield, who previously I thought was a better Spider uh, Spider Man than Spider Tony Person. Yeah, Spider Person. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's um, just really into Spider Men, like just all about the <laughs> Spider Men. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Tom Holland has this like energy to him and a a level of excitement to being Spider Man that the other people their characters seem to miss, right? Um, and yeah, that, that, I think that's pretty exciting mm-hmm. for the character. So, without further ado, should we get into the review, guys? Yes. Cool. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Spider Man Homecoming, and then we're going to come back and give you that review. What's up, guys? Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Oh, that was awesome. Does Liz get a new top? No, you've seen that before. Never with that skirt. She probably stops staring before it gets creepy, though. Too late. You guys are losers. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or any interviews? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there and that's where you operate. Oh, all right. That's not a hug, I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid, good luck out there. Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world. But you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. All right, so that was the trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, this film decides to just throw out the need for a origin story, and it picks up with Tony Stark trying to shepherd young Spider-Man, or young Peter Parker, into the role of Spider-Man, gives him a new suit, and he has to sort of get used to this life um, with the aspirations to become an Avenger eventually, but, you know, starting low to the ground and maybe working his way up. Um, so... Let's just start off and get into this. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Spider-Man Homecoming? So I have a few different opinions on this. So I'm going to start just by saying, like, this was great. It's going to get a must-see for me. I had a really good time with this movie. It's super fun. Wait, wait. Are you going to say that it was awesome, but it's not a good movie like Chris did with Baby Driver? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) No, I didn't say it was. I'm going to end the Skype call if that's the case. (laughs) No, that is not what I'm going to say. It's just that I'm going to loop in, like, two other things that, like, might hamper my feelings about it. So I just want to, like, front load it with the fact that no matter what I say, like, like this was a great movie. And also, let's back up for a second. I think those were my words, but I think I, think I said, but I don't know if it was a good movie, not that it was a bad movie. It depends on what the diff- definition of was is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I interpreted it as... Uh, a kind of war of two schnazies 
arrival type of deal. Yeah, like his arrival. <laughs> yeah, this this a, year's it, it this was, year's arrival. <laughs> it was a drivel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go on. Steven. Okay, so so I'll start with like good stuff just to make it obvious. I thought this was like it hit the Spider Man feel perfectly. It was fun. It was funny. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't inflate the stakes too high. Like it knows how to keep it sufficiently small. Uh, Tom Holland is a phenomenal Spider-Man character. He really gets the kind of like the youthful excitement. And it, it, he has the quippiness, but it's it makes more sense. It's like he's younger and he's coming into himself as he's becoming Spider-Man. Um, and I also thought like even though this movie leans heavily on its Marvel collect connection for pretty much everything, it didn't feel like it was like resting on its laurels. Like it didn't aggravate me at all that it was bringing in the broader Marvel universe. It still felt like completely spider-man and completely its own thing um i think i've said this before i'll eliminate the spoiler half of it but i think this is at least the second best movie where michael keaton gets in a bird suit and flies through new york um (laughs) like yeah this was a super fun spider-man movie uh two things that impacted my viewing one i was surrounded by a handful of people who i won't call them spence but they were definitely like on their way to being spence uh i went to a 10 (laughs) 45 p.m. showing of this uh the guy next to me as the movie began his order arrived and it was an ice bucket with six miller high life bottles in it <laughs> which who fucking serves like if you if you place that order even mm-hmm. at alamo if you're like hey six miller high lifes i would be like um i was gonna say this two per person yeah this this sounds too trashy for the fat house that's I, I don't know miller why light. alamo i don't know why alamo allowed this because it was the fat house um but like it's that just set the tone. Travesty. By by high life number two, like he was soaring pretty high. Also, he was definitely like chiming in with Spider Man, and even his laugh was annoying. But he, he would just vibe. Like you would not believe when Donald Glover came on screen, how many people were like, "That's Childish Gambino, you got Childish Gambino, God, hey, 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 hey. Childish Gambino's on screen." It's like, yeah, we get it. Everyone knows who he is. Shut the <laughs> fuck up and enjoy Spider Man. <laughs> This is what I imagine the fat house to be every showing, though. No, no, it's usually, like, <laughs> silent. People are very, very polite yeah. in the movie. That's um, why I go to the movies at, like, 9 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but the, so uh, so that kind of crowd has a weird effect on you where when a movie is being funny and fun and their response is dumb, you don't want it to be fun anymore. Yeah. So I had this kind of, like, rooting <laughs> against it where I was like, look, that was really funny, but don't make another laugh because if I hear this guy go, <laughs> one more time, I'm going to blow my brains out. Yeah, it's like a weird thing where, like, <laughs> they are clearly dumb, and if they're laughing at it, you feel like, well, I must be dumb too. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to not think this is funny. Yeah, so, so that was working against it a little bit. And the other thing that I've kind of mentioned before is I have... I have a little bit of a Marvel ennui, I think, already. Like, there are oh, Marvel whoa. movies where I think they're... No, <laughs> like, like, we. No, that, that's actually, like... Or malaise. Like, that, that's actually, like, the word I'm looking no, for. Right? It's something just where get, I'm just, like... You, just, you get major Scrabble points for that I, one. That was a big word. <laughs> big word for like, this. It, it's one of those things where I've been through so many of them, and it's still joyful, and it's still fun, and I see all the fun that's happening, but there's a little part of me that, like just can't embrace it the way I could on, like, Marvel movie number one. Like, there's something now where even when it's at its peak and I'm having a blast, like, there's just a part of me that is, like, I've had this kind of fun before. And I can't point to any flaws in this movie. It's just, like, maybe 300 superhero movies is my breaking point (laughs) where, like, I suddenly have a limit where superhero film can't go beyond, like, some threshold for me. So for what it was, I thought this was hilarious and fun and a total blast and, like, definitely worth seeking out. I just, like, I I can't hit quite the high notes that I want to, and I don't think it's the fault of the movie. I think it's the fault of the bearded dude sitting next to me. (laughs) Well, I got a beard shaman, bro. Oh, no. I didn't say neck beard. I just said beard. (laughs) Ah. All right. So, Carson, (laughs) this is the part... Where you, you either celebrate the film or you shock us with with your ability to hate on things that people love. I, do I have to recap my stance on uh, Marvel again? Because I think Chris also we seemed know, to forget. We know you love Iron Man 3. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely hate. Even... Go ahead. No, yeah, but you couldn't even remember that, uh, that I, like Gar- I like Guardians 2 more than, uh, more than you. Mm-hmm. That's right. We yeah. even talked about this yeah, on the Gar- podcast in the last episode, I think. But Guardians, 
Guardians is like an anomaly, I think, in this film universe, right? I, I think well, I think it, I think it's crazy enough. Plus, you got the James Gunn thing going on. Like, yeah, I think there's yeah, enough I stuff mean, that in in the Carson wheelhouse that yeah, it's it's like I I don't count those as it's, things it's that de- you could hate. It's definitely the most. Those are the most standalone of the Marvel movies. Um, so I I wasn't that stoked to see another Spider Man. Like, and also. Um, I only, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if this re- was in any of the other like trailers or marketing or whatever. Like I just am basing it off the, the first like full trailer that I saw for this, but like, I just was really not sold on that trailer. And I was like, I, I was like, I don't like, I, I don't know. I just wasn't excited. It was just like, Oh, well, like, Hey, Spider-Man is back. And this time, you know, we can have Iron Man show up. Um, <laughs> and like, it didn't, I don't know, like, so it's just something about it. I was just like, not excited, even though I, I kind of, I mean, and if you remember, um, when I talked about, uh, cop car, when I put that on my top 10 list, um, <laughs> Who I said, forget? I was, I said, I was excited that John Watts, the director was, was going to take on Spider-Man. And I was like, and, and then I started seeing like the, you know, the trailers and stuff. And I was like, ah, like it kind of seems like he just did his, you know, couple indie movies. And now he's, you know, he's got the big ticket and he's just gonna, he's just gonna be, you know, blockbuster shilling for, you know, this time mm-hmm. out. Um, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised to, uh, the fact that, that he really pulled through like his, I feel like his voice came, came through like, wholeheartedly like i i i um i mean and also like kind of in retrospect and what i was kind of hoping for was that like you know sony and marvel they were marketing this movie with heavily with iron man to get people excited that like oh hey like this spider-man is different you know forget those andrew garfield ones this is like a whole new thing like he's actually a part of the universe now the un might make an appearance (laughs) um so yeah like i think you know obviously it makes sense that they wanted to really highlight that because um but i was you know kind of deep down hoping that uh it wasn't gonna be that way um so i was i was uh uh, my my fears were alleviated pretty early on in the movie um it was kind of the same same thing like that i had earlier this year where i did not want to see a live action Beauty and the Beast at all. Like I thought that was going to be a total slog and I was like this movie is actually a pretty fun party. Um and and so I was just very happy that Spider-Man Homecoming emphasis on the coming because it was very excitable. Um <laughs> that's your I, one. I <laughs> So I was just really happy that um that uh you know like that 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 the movie felt like it had a voice. It just didn't feel like the next movie and obviously like i gravitate more towards the marvel movies that feel more distinct and not just like oh hey like remember the avengers and shit like and i think that like the most impressive thing about this movie is that it does reference the avengers and the previous movie like a lot but it still feels very standalone like it still feels like its own thing but, um, but it's funny that they they almost cheated with the way they did that, because literally Iron Man is keeping him from the Avengers. <laughs> like the entire film, Iron Man's yeah. like, no, kid, you're not ready. And it's like they're they're referencing by intentionally unreferencing, right? Like they're like removing this story from everything it could be connected to on purpose to keep it separate. But but like in keeping it apart, you're keeping it together. I, I don't know. I, I love the way that was handled. Yeah, like, I, I mean, but there there was a lot of referencing of, like, oh, hey, like, the Avengers are, you, you know, or, oh, I'm working for Stark Industries and blah, blah, Like, there was a lot of, of connective tissue to the other uh, movies, at least yeah. the, like, Civil Bro and the Avengers and stuff. Like, um, so I, I was I was very, uh, very happy that, like, it didn't get too bogged down on that. Like, that didn't distract anything from the rest of the movie because I think, uh, it's very apparent in like the first five minutes of this movie that it, it has like more uh, character moments and stuff than like any, you know, kind of blockbuster movie like of late. Like it's just it really like they really did a great job of of creating like a 
a, a believable Peter Parker who actually, you know, looks and and acts like he's in high school. Like I know, uh, I mean, I bought Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, but it's like Tobey Maguire was like 27. You know, he was doing like the whole like, oh, I'm in high school. <laughs> Tobey I mean, Maguire Tom- was basically in 21 Jump Street. If a superhero <laughs> was going back to high school to try like, to find I, drugs. I remember because like that was I've said this before, or tried to explain it before. But like that was back when like people like who you thought were people seem like people who were they like Tony Wright was young. He was like 25 or six, but like he seems so much older. Um, and Tom Holland is like, you know, they I know he's like 21 or whatever, but in the movie he's playing 15 and like he's completely believable as a 15 year old. Like he looks 15 and like acts like it. And yeah. like, I think that his sort of uh, awkwardness and um, his very is like in constant enthusiasm for being like a superhero. And anytime he's, you know, in the suit and like he's doing things like he's like constantly just like, oh, it's so cool, you know, like. That to me is like, from what I've heard, is like the definitive Spider-Man is that like he's, you know, just like constantly enthusiastic about being Spider-Man, um, which I think is, you know, that's I feel like that I feel like that would be the normal reaction to most high schoolers who become superheroes. I don't know. Like that just seems yeah. like a very totally believable comic book reaction. Um, so, I I mean, I I think that uh so I had a lot of fun. I thought the cast in this movie is definitely the best cast they've had for a Spider-Man movie. Like the all it's so well cast, like down to like, you know, we mentioned Donald Glover, like, and, and, and like he, like he only has two scenes in this movie, but like he completely creates this very memorable character. Like all the characters, like Hannibal Burris is the gym coach. And like, he <laughs> so also, good. he also has two scenes and it was like totally He's fine. His cameo from every other movie that he's in. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, I feel like in a lesser movie, I'd be like, oh, I wanted more of, of him or, you know, more of that character. But even with like two scenes only and, and, you know, some characters have a couple lines here and there, like, it still doesn't feel like they're wasted. Like, it, it feels like, and, and it also makes you want to see more of it where you're like, oh, okay, like, they're clearly going to get, you know, more time in the sequel and, you know, they're setting this up and blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, but it just it it didn't feel like anyone was wasted, and I thought that was uh I thought that was really good, um, so the oh the the kid who plays um his friend Ned that I think he walked away with like the whole movie. He's definitely up there. That yeah, that is a well cast character. Though really, all the kids he's around, I think, are pretty perfect for the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I I mean. That's what I really liked about Cop Car was that like you know there's two kids in that who are the leads, and like they didn't feel like like kid actors now like they felt like older kid actors like they didn't have this like annoying presence and stuff and i feel like he john watts is like really good at he kind of has this like shane black quality where he's like good at directing child actors and and knowing like which ones are going to work and stuff um because like all the all the the kids in this are like really well done. Like, dude, the fucking the kid the kid from Beasts of No Nation gets like two lines. He's like one of the he's one of the um the kids on the like debate team or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like like even he has like maybe like two or three lines, but they're all like super funny. Like it's just everything like like no part is wasted. Um so I, I really like was just very happy that like I you know that like his his ability to like direct kids and to have like a really strong like uh like a John Hughes Amblin coming of age type of feel which I like that was like totally present in his other movies and like and I'm glad that he that carried over to this like and it especially worked like with all the high school setting and stuff. And, um, yeah, so I, again, I was, I had a, I had a complete, complete blast with the movie and and I really just was happy to see, you know, that it didn't just become like another kind of bland, you know, like visionless movie, like a civil bro. (laughs) I'm glad it didn't get civil broed. Uh, aren't we all? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, as, as I mentioned before at, at the beginning during our opening question, uh, I think 
Tom Holland is great as Spider-Man. I, I think this is the definitive Spider-Man. I'm, uh, I just everything about how this like I feel like Peter Parker, the character Peter Parker's excitement over becoming Spider-Man and potentially joining the Avengers is the same as I feel Tom Holland in real life is being able to play Spider-Man. Like, I feel like, I feel like he's almost not even acting. Like he's just running around in the suit and thinks he's actually Spider-Man and he's just stoked to be part of the project. And and I just, every, every second he's on screen, which is most of it because he's Spider-Man and the movie's called Spider-Man. It's just, he, he, he oozes this level of, of enjoyment and fun that makes it impossible to not love this kid in this role. And I think in general, uh, the film itself as a whole, I think they did amazing things with it. I mean, yes, obviously it it seemed like on some level they were pushing the idea of Tony Stark being in this film to try to bring people back to a not, uh, not solely Marvel version of Spider-Man and go like, no, no, guys, look, this is all coming back together. Please come back and see this Iron Man's in it. It's going to be great. And I think that it doesn't feel like they just inserted... Uh, they they did they just inserted Tony Stark into the film just for fun to try to bring people to the theater. It really feels like they utilized them in an incredible way. Like this version of Spider Man is defined by the suit that Tony gives him, and I think that like yes, it, it's also the personality of the character. But I think that like a lot of the way that personality is able to shine is him learning the things and wanting to use the tech that that Tony gives him. And I think that there's something really awesome about this suit and some of the, the other features that kind of come about um, from the suit moving forward through this film. And I guess we can maybe save stuff to a later uh, spoiler section or something to actually talk about more in depth. But I just thought it was an incredible, amazing thing to do to this character that made uh everything from exposition to just like moments of con combat more interesting and more fun because there was a way to kind of talk about the scene as it was happening that was not just a kid narrating his fighting as he's doing it like whoa he almost punched me like you know like there was a level where that would get really cheesy but i think the way it works is is perfect and it's it's in that way simply because of the context for what the suit is who it came from and and what this kid is trying to do uh, another thing i love about this film is just the way it it, it it stayed small and how the villain of this film is in a lot of ways the the best most interesting villain that we've had in this universe so far because it's not just like some person with a bunch of power being power hungry doing his thing like this character was put in a situation that was very bad for him. And he, you know, like did a lot to try to get control of his situation. And he, in his head was not hurting anybody. And in fact, he wasn't hurting anybody at the start of this, this, this path that he put himself on. Like he was, he was basically getting back for a, like a job that was taken from him that left him in a bad place. He was only, he was, he was robbing, uh, pieces from alien civilizations that was trash. Like it would be like if if uh somebody was doing heists, stealing things out of the back of garbage trucks, and then just taking it and storing it in a warehouse, right? Like, well, it the, depends at, what they do with the thing. True, true. But I, but I mean, at the beginning of, of the thing, it was like, hey, we're gonna do these things. But most of the stuff they were making were just a way to get more stuff and sell it off, right? It was later when they start building weapons and bad things that are that are bad for this. But it's it feels like. It feels like uh, the vulture or whatever his name is, like starts off not wanting to hurt people, right? Like at least not directly himself, right? Mm-hmm. Most of his things are set up so that he can get in, get out without actually engaging in in an enemy. And and I think that there is something very compelling of a narrative in which a person is trying to be the best ber- version of bad. They like hurt the least amount of people, but just try to survive. And then that gets sort of thrown, a, a wrench is thrown in that, a spidey wrench is thrown in that. And then he sort of becomes a villain as opposed to this guy who's like, oh, I'm just terrorizing the city because I am villain. Ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, superhero. I'll fight him. Um, so I loved I loved the way they handled that. And obviously there's some some twists and turns with uh, different things related to the bad guys in the story. But uh, it, I, I just the entire time I was watching this film, 
I was just constantly like stoked about what I was saying and be like, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Oh my God, this is awesome. Um, everything down from like the joke about how Aunt May is so hot. It's like <laughs> everything about this film is just, it's just uh, a terrific, fun ride. And it's like impossible to hate, I think. I, I would agree with that. I haven't heard anyone who hates this movie yet. Uh, I did want to bounce off. Like you mentioned how the, his situation with the suit that Iron Man gave him yeah. makes the the fight choreography in particular more fun because he's like legitimately discovering things while he's doing the action. Yeah. And I definitely felt that, but I also wanted to mention that for a Marvel movie, this relied very little on fight sequences. Like there are a few set pieces I can think of, but if any of them were longer than like six minutes, they didn't feel like it. Like I, I really felt yeah. like this movie was so much more about him and his act of discovery and it never it never built up that kind of like big bad and big blue in the sky moment that makes these movies feel so empty it was yeah. like fighting was a peripheral thing and without getting into spoilers like it never became like the big save the world type of event like yeah yeah if anything they were like mostly unnecessary <laughs> like not for the <laughs> plot i mean like just literally in this universe they were like things that didn't always need to happen and it was just like his way yeah. of self-discovery uh, yeah, I thought that was fun. And I think that's what made this feel more fresh and less kind of well-trodden than most of these Marvel superhero yeah. movies. He does, though, like wreck like half a neighborhood while he's trying to chase down that van. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was dreading the mini Age of Ultron lecture that we were going to get here. And I yeah. was really <laughs> glad that it never happened. You're going to have to bring him into the UN in <laughs> black SUVs. He destroyed five city blocks. Those blocks were already messed up. I feel like, is that a Chris Tucker movie? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't remember. I feel like that might have been like Rush Hour or something. You destroyed half a city block. That block was already messed up. And you lost a lot of evidence. Still got a little bit of love. Anyways. I, I also <laughs> forgot to compliment hour. Michael Keaton, but I did really like his character here. And I think he's the perfect actor to play this. And did either of you guys see The Founder? I have not yeah. seen it. So I like I thought that was a fairly underrated movie. Like I actually quite enjoyed it when I caught it on a plane like a month ago. Um, <laughs> with the it, plane it, caveat, I like everything more on a plane. It is a good. It is like the perfect plane movie. It's like yeah. the yeah. most parent movie ever. You, mm -hmm. should, you like, should only watch movies in that Shattuck theater because it's basically the size of a plane. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, his character in that is kind of a a guy who is a generally likable but scheming person who sets out basically to have a business and survive and becomes more cutthroat. But it is that kind of like slow descent where he's not like just a ridiculously evil guy. He's just a person who's willing to be a douchebag when push comes to shove. Yeah. And I thought like this movie was the perfect vehicle for him to do that. Yeah. There's a great moment too with him where he, uh, he's trying to be a little villainous and he accidentally is a lot of villainous, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, Michael Keaton's always so good because he's just, uh, I don't know, he just always seems like a, a, a regular guy, like a relatable guy. Um, mm -hmm. He's so good at playing like the average Joe that uh, you believe him in when he's, a, when he's a villain. I mean, I definitely think that he is the best villain that they've had in a Marvel movie, like uh, as certainly the, the most well-defined, uh, the most interesting, because usually they're just, you know, it's like aliens or whatever, you know, it's like not anything that's that great. I mean, uh, but in Guardians 2, the the villain, what ended up being the villain was was pretty good, too. But I, I feel like in in Michael Keaton's case, like the like he definitely is like, again, he's like kind of relatable. It's like, oh, like I buy why this like guy was doing what he did. Um, and I think that like. It was kind of cool to see, like, it come full circle, like, the fact that, like, he was Batman so long ago and then made fun of Batman and superhero movies and Birdman, and now he is a Birdman doing a lot of shades of Jack Nicholson, I would say, in this movie. <laughs> like, it's it's really come full circle that he's now, like, the villain in a comic book movie. Um, especially the scene um, when he first first meets up with tom holland there's a lot of really good stuff um a lot of very nicholson-esque yeah nicholson is moments a good of acting 
Uh, so I, I thought that was, I thought he was like really cool. Like I, like I said, like the whole cast was like, so it was just so well done. And I do agree that like, you know, the, the Tony Stark stuff, Tony Stark stuff, uh, it's, it's well done. Like it's totally well done. Like Robert Downey Jr. is of course, I mean, he's always good. Like I, for some reason I was the only one who laughed when he had that line where he was just like, he's like. Yeah, he's like the real the real journalists, not bloggers. <laughs> like I don't know why that was so funny. I don't I don't know if it like cut too close to home uh, to some people <laughs> I, I in was, the theater. I, I was I, roaring at some extended riff about screwing the pooch, and like nobody else even laughed in the theater. <laughs> I don't I don't know why I was the only person who thought it was hilarious. But like he, yeah, like none of his stuff feels forced or anything. Like it totally is natural with this movie, and um, and and like I and like I said, like the. Like his part in the movie is very small. Like it's not, it's not uh, this big thing. Like they kind of made it out to be. And obviously, like like we've said, like you know, you don't blame them for doing that. But like his his role is is pretty limited uh, in this movie. Uh, and also talk about Balin. Uh, you know, for three days of work, Robert Downey Jr. getting fifteen million. That's a hell of a payday. God damn. That's what when you're Robert Downey Jr. rich, you can get 15 million for three days. Um, so you really only work three days on this. Yeah, that's pretty uh, amazing. Um, but like, I mean, it was money well spent. Like, I, I think that. Uh, but also, could that be related? Because he was signed for X number of movies and he doesn't necessarily want to do all of those. Right. So maybe well, no, he got- he he's off of his contract now. Like everything, oh, he's already off. Got you. Yeah, like everything since um, Avengers two. I think he's he's done it all separately. Like he's been like the only actor to like negotiate on his own. Ah, uh, gotcha. which is why he gets like crazy paydays for each movie. Like I think I read for Infinity Wars, he's getting like forty or fifty mil or something. Yeah, he's getting like fifty million for both of them. For, okay, for both of them combined. For both, yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. for three and four or it's whatever. Not that much then. Uh, no no after taxes that's like ten dollars you know in california in this economy um, <laughs> uh but i uh, uh there's something else i was gonna say i don't i don't remember um oh i think tom holland is like that i think i don't think he's acting in this movie like i think he is that way yeah. like in real life like i saw him on the graham norton show and like he like he, that's just like the whole time he was acting like that. Like Andy Serkis came out, uh, and he was just he was also on the the show to promote Apes and like Tom Holland was just oh man he's like I just want to say Black Panther looks so cool man it looks gonna be so dope he's like you look so good it's gonna be wicked like you know, I can't I can't do the accent whatever uh, but yeah he's just like that's that's just that's just how he acts like he's just yeah. amazed by everything. Um, also, I mean I think it's in the trailer. I'm I might I'm probably gonna get dumped, but like <laughs> uh Chris Evans also uh appears as Captain America and like all of his stuff is really funny. Like yeah, it, yeah it, it's it it's kinda... inexorably tied to Hannibal Burris for me, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Which whole it... shtick is wonderful. Oddly and... enough, he got fourteen million for that. <laughs> <laughs> and like his um the bumper at the very end, that was that was up there. That was good. Yeah, that that was up there with the end of Iron Man three and people walking out going like they didn't set up Thanos. It was like, oh, give, give Thanos a rest. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I, but that it almost kind of made me sad because I was like, remember when Captain America was fun? Remember when he wasn't a gym bro? Like that's I, what the, I, I do not. <laughs> he's basically like, PC principal. The superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's totally easy. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to John Favreau. I enjoyed him in this movie. Oh, he was great too. Yeah, no, that that was my moment that I laughed that nobody else in my theater laughed when John Favreau was like, "I'm just happy I have this job." Yeah, like if that wasn't meta, then <laughs> no, for sure. That's why I was like, really, no, nobody else laughs. Okay, it, he had so many like throwaway like sarcastic lines like the, when they're in the hotel room and he's filming like on his cell phone and uh, I can't remember what the setup was but he's basically coming in to tell Tom Holland to shut up and he's just like he just has like the the throwaway line of like there's very thin walls here and like yeah. I, I thought it was so funny yeah it's good times <laughs> um 
Yeah, you guys uh, want to get to verdicts and then get to a spoiler section? Sure. All righty. Well, let's do verdicts. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I mean, I showed my cards too early. Like, I already said must-see. <laughs> definitely, definitely must-see for this movie. I can't stress enough that, like, it is not Spider-Man's fault that I cannot get as excited about a Marvel movie as I could, like, The Big Sick or something else. Like, it, like that's my that's my problem. That's on me. I don't blame Tom <laughs> Holland for this. The, this is definitely up there among the best Marvel movies and definitely, I agree, best Marvel villain that I can think of. Though, you know, I think Loki is underrated. I think Loki is a pretty good villain, too. Uh, <laughs> Loki in a very is Loki villain. <laughs> in, in a very different, more comic booky way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, but awesome I don't really, Spider-Man movie. I don't really consider Loki to be a villain. Like, I don't, he just doesn't feel like a villain to me. I know he has been, but I don't know. He just seems more like a certainly in the yeah. th- in the Thor verse. Maybe that you counts think as a spoiler. A Tell that to Odin. Yeah, I, I don't think you can call it a spoiler because other <laughs> movies have hinged on him being a villain Got already. Him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Carson, uh, what would you give it? Uh, I definitely give it a must see. The other thing I that I just remembered, I was that I thought of was that I like the fact that like Spider-Man wasn't a good superhero, like in this movie, like there's a lot of him failing. Um, Like when he's swinging around, like, you know, he, he, you know, his web breaks, like he doesn't have anything to shoot webs onto. So he's running across a golf course. Like there's a lot of, was a great moment where he gets to the end of that clearing and goes, (laughs) Oh shoot. That was one of my beard bro moments though. Like the guy Uh, enjoyed it like uh, a little too much. Yeah, yeah, but he was like uh, high life number five by then, so I can't blame him. I actually thought they were going to do a callback because in the earlier scene, his buddy is like, "Do you ever just shoot your web and see how far it goes?" So I thought they might have a callback later on where he was like re-explaining what had happened and be like, "Yeah," and then I shot it, and then it went like for this far, but they didn't. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the callback to him being um, the guy in the chair, though, I thought was the most satisfying callback. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was like mentally fist pumping because I was just like, I didn't think they were going to go there and they did. And I was like, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you did. Anyway, say, you, I gave you it did. a must see. Yeah. So okay. you should see it for sure. Yeah. So I give it a must see as well. This is definitely in my book, the best Spider-Man film. And it is among the best Marvel films. And it's among the best films that is, it has been out this summer. Um, so it's definitely worth seeing. And if you were even hesitating um, about saying it, uh, go to the theater and see it because it is super awesome. And I uh, loved it. Yeah. So boom. Oh, I do remember before I cut out that uh, Stephen just didn't like it because, you know, Tom Holland, he's no Tom Courtney. I mean... Right. When it comes, yeah, that's true. I mean, when it comes to Tom's, I mean, come on. There's no comparison. Look, no. like, uh, smoke didn't get in my eyes in this movie. <laughs> I mean, Tom Holland in his underwear in this movie didn't didn't even come close to. I mean, I don't even think he's a Tom Hiddleston. Apparently, so <laughs> no, he's not. There's even just a, a war of Toms going on in my head. There's so many Toms, just like there's so many Chris's in these Marvel universe mm-hmm. movies, and too many Spences. Yeah, <laughs> too many Spences in all of them. All right. Uh, well, we're going to close this episode out uh, before we get into spoilers. So, Stephen, why don't you just let everybody know where they can find you throughout the week if they want to? Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Uh, Carson, is there one day going to be a place people can find you? Uh, you can find me on zanga.com slash please watch cop car and clown. They're <laughs> available on VOD and Netflix. That Please. Is very long. Are there underscores please. in there, or it's just like all one one uh, block of letters? There's an underscore after all the pleases. There's three pleases and there's three underscores. So don't forget that. Cool. Well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. Um, yeah, do I usually do a full closeout before spoilers? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Who knows? I tune out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, if people want to find these episodes when they go up and stuff, you can find them over at thespoilerwarning.com. We'll announce when the episodes are live at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com 
or use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Spider-Man Homecoming, so hopefully you're enjoying that. That music is playing now. We are going to take off for a quick, quick, quick moment. The music's going to fade up, and when that music fades out, we will be in full-blown spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film yet, go watch it, come back, listen to the rest of the episode, and uh, yeah, see you in a bit. So this is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review for Spider-Man Homecoming. This is full-blown spoilers. Um, so if you don't want anything spoiled about uh, all this stuff, then, uh, as I said before the break, go watch the movie, come back, listen to this. All right, so anyways, um, I guess the, 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 the quick, quick, quick brief spoilers, um, which I guess is not really too much of a spoiler, but it's still a cool discovery moment. Um, when, uh, when Peter has his little buddy... Um, uh, take off the training wheels protocol and it boots up and you got Jennifer Connelly talking as his version of Jarvis um, as he yeah, that, that is... was a nice that was a nice touch that Marvel did yeah yeah like uh, but in, in general though like I think the, I think the AI makes the superhero so much more interesting and so much more compelling and I think that it's you know, like you, you mentioned uh, before before the little break here, Carson, about the callback to the guy in the chair. You know, he already has the guy in the chair, and it's Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> uh, like, I, I think it, it's definitely cool to have it. I don't think Chris. I don't think Chris knows that Paul Bettany. Steven, I don't think Chris knows that Paul Bettany is was married to Jennifer Connelly in real life. <laughs> I, I don't think he knows that. that that's <laughs> that's fine. Because he was the voice of Jarvis. That's why it was cute. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that it's cute. That has nothing to do with the point I'm trying to make here. Oh, okay. I didn't know. The point I'm trying to make is that regardless of cuteness or not, what is awesome about it is that like there is something just more interesting about him interact instead of him interacting with himself and talking to himself like the character would do in much other things like oh my god i can't make that jump like you have like this ai program that's that's talking with like i don't know one of the things that has always made tony stark interesting is having jarvis with him interacting with him right and i think that they are basically turning spider-man into iron man just with different powers, but he's he's going to be like the the techno nerd guy who's going to be like you know up on the high end of the Avengers and try to ma- kind of making everything possible. And there's something really fun and exciting about um, having him have the suit with the computer lady that he's talking to, um, which it, which is just it's cool. And and like the suit itself has so many more powers than what we have seen in any of the Spider Men going forward. Right before, like in all the other Spider Man films. The suit is just a disguise, and Spider-Man's powers are pretty much contained to just web-slinging. And now we have this character who has all this extra cool shit that uh, it sort of makes it like every single encounter that he will have moving forward is going to be like a new potential thing. I mean, one of the – if I can split along to another series of cartoons that involved young kids in the lead roles – uh, doing cool things with powers. That would be the Avatar series in The Legend of Korra. And one of the things that makes that show so great is it's not just like, it's not like Dragon Ball Z where it's punch, 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 Kamehameha, punch, 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 spirit bomb, and then the show's over, right? It, it's like a thing where every single encounter does something different and uh, Spider-Man has to use his skills and his webs in a new way that we haven't seen so far. And I think that everything... Like even that scene where he just first like like the, the the continual joke about going into like killing mode or what I forget what it was called yeah. but it's like would you like to instant kill mode yeah yeah instant kill mode he's like what no <laughs> like the eyes get all like beady and red and he's like no 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 disable instant kill mode like there are things like that where it's like why is that even in the suit mm-hmm. but it's just it's so fun and so uh, interesting like do you guys. Would you guys have preferred like a regular old Spider-Man or do you think this heightened, interesting techno Spider-Man is as exciting as I think? Oh, I like heightened, interesting techno Spider-Man, but that has a lot to do with bootstrapping off of the humor of Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of humor just applies very well to this new character. This is basically like if the kid from Iron Man 3 
like grew, grew up, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like this yeah. is basically that joy again, right? Of yeah, getting yeah. an apprentice in Tony Stark's madness who hopefully has like more of an innocent nature and firmer moral compass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I liked it. I liked that. That I mean, it. I feel like it. It might not have worked in a in a lesser movie, but it made sense in this movie that that he he would just have this like Jarvis like uh, AI system in his suit, um, like Tony Stark does. Yeah. Um, I, and I thought all of his interactions with with uh, with her were really funny. Like the whole scene where he's like trapped in the warehouse was yeah, yeah. a really yeah. funny sequence. Um, yeah, and like it just—I uh, feel like they did enough things where they distinguished it and made it its own thing, uh, apart from from Jarvis. Yeah, yeah, and it it is interesting too because in I might be misremembering now, but I feel like in both Spider's Man films uh, there was a there there were situations that caused Spider Man to lose his powers. It was definitely in the Toby one. But I feel like oh, Andrew yeah, Garfield yeah, yeah. also went through something weird where he temporarily I, lost his powers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't remember. they they don't <laughs> they do the same thing here, but they make it different in that like he ha- he always has his spider powers, but now he has these cool extra shit with the suit, and then Tony takes the suit away from him. And it's kinda like he doesn't have to like stop being emo so he can sling webs again and stick to walls still. Uh it's just a thing where it's like, oh, I can do everything I could do before. But if I want the cool extra suit with the extra stuff that I've been relying on right now, then I have to get to a state where Tony will give it back. Like, I don't know. I just, that was like a, a, a more interesting way to handle that losing of powers that didn't feel like we're just losing powers again to retread the stuff that was in there before. Uh, um, maybe this is a dumb question, but is it typical that Spider-Man shooting the web is a function of his suit? It's uh, No, uh, it's a, he made it himself in the comics. It was... Yeah, yeah. I think this is the first movie to portray Spider-Man... Uh, with his like, with his homemade suit, like with the actual mm-hmm. web shooters that aren't like uh, like organic to his body. Yeah, and that's the thing yeah. too is like he he's still supplying the cartridges of like Spider Goo. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean high school, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> but but like the suit augments those in different ways, like. He, because because even when he gets the cool suit, he's it still seemed like he was using his shooter, right? That he had designed, and it's just going through something else. I could be wrong. Wait, when he yeah, had when he, when he had his own suit, I I, I feel like the suit, because Tony, it wasn't clear, but it seems like even when he has the suit, he still has to replace his cartridges himself. So I feel like the suit has a bunch of stuff added to it, but the suit just uses his cartridges. So I don't know if the suit is like an extension of the things that he wears or if when he puts on his, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, doesn't matter. I, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> is this the Apple headphone question of Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And unfortunately no one's here to answer it. Um, but yeah, anyways. Um, so uh, let's move on to the next, uh, the, the, the biggest twist in the film is mm-hmm. the, the, the reveal that, uh, that Michael Keaton... Wait, wait. Can I do my Boom Goes the Dynamite yeah, now? Do, do your Boom Goes the Dynamite. All right. So last week I saw a movie where Michael Keaton flies in a bird suit through New York while being the father of the primary love interest of Spider-Man. <laughs> but enough about Birdman, you guys. Boom Goes oh. the Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Um, <laughs> well, he was the father to Gwen Stacy in Birdman. Who was the primary love interest, love interest. of... Oh, right. Andrew yeah. Garfield in the other film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Steven, I don't think that Carson quite understands that. I didn't it, get it. Okay. I that's, was, why, that's why it's cute. <laughs> my eyes glazed over. <laughs> Anyways, um, I thought that uh, I, I thought that reveal was particularly awesome. Because, like, they do a little bit of misdirecting in this in, in the context of the story. Because, like, Michael Keaton's sort of like, oh, wait, he was here, and then he's here, and those kids from my class. And I thought, like, when he first opens the door, I legit thought that he put together that he had to be a member of the high school, and he must like this one girl because she was the one that got rescued. <laughs> and then found so out who she was. <laughs> no, it's so complicated. <laughs> but when he showed up, it took me a second to realize that 
he didn't know who he was yet. And I was like, mm. I was like, oh shit. I'm like, oh wait, oh shit. <laughs> would, would it make me an asshole to say I called it like 30 minutes before it happened? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I didn't call it out loud. I kept it inside. I saw glad. the ennui coming a mile away. <laughs> I'm just glad that I wasn't in the theater with you so you could lean in and go like, I bet Michael Keaton's her dad. <laughs> it's a good ennui voice. <laughs> I was still uh, delighted by the twist. I just happened to. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not see it coming. I I legitimately did not see it coming. I didn't. Uh, I, and my my entire theater like, ooh, for like a solid 45 seconds. Like, I'm my, no joke. Like, they, is, <laughs> like, when he opened that door, it was like, ooh, like until they walked into the kitchen. I was like, no, no, wow. That, that's what I was saying is I, I had two woes because like when he first opened the door, I was like, oh, shit, he found her. And I was like, oh, he made her. <laughs> <laughs> he is the father uh, but no I, I thought that scene was inc- like awesome like just that drive in the car and the realization of like them realizing that they're on to each other mm-hmm. was such a great moment because like you know the, the girls just sitting in the back of the car like oh yeah I'm gonna go in try to be nice to him daddy mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Oh shit! Dude, <laughs> like this is crazy. That was legit funny and sc- like the the way Tom Holland plays that scene when he first walks in uh, is super funny. Where he's just kind of like giving her the corsage or whatever. He's like, oh, you know, take this. And Michael Keaton is that's when he's really doing a full on uh, Jack impression. Or he's like chopping chan- vegetables. He has like yeah. a giant like ten inch <laughs> knife. In he's got this giant ass knife and he's like pointing it at him. Uh, he's channeling full Jack. Uh, and then. They're in the car later. He fucking pulls a gun on him. Like he did. <laughs> like I don't even think Tom Holland saw it. I was like, holy shit! Michael the, Keaton just see, got straight up gangster on him. That, that goes. That goes, like th- this goes to like how awesome his character is too. Because like in his head, he's like, if I find out who Spider Man is, I'm gonna kill him because he's threatening my existence. And then like when he realizes who it is, he realizes that like, hey. Spider-Man can't be... Like, usually it's, like, the end of the movie when the character's like, well, you saved my daughter, so Mm -hmm. I guess this time I won't hate you so much, right? Like, this character in that moment is like, I really want to kill you right now, but you saved my daughter's life, and right now I'm saving your life. Go in the dance. Just stay out of my way. Like, this is that's, like, a moment of truth. Like, Peter Parker had the option to be like, uh, just go back to life normally and everything will be okay, and they just know... To stay out of their way and then everything will be cool. And, and it's like there, there was – it was just, it was, it was really interesting because like Michael Keaton doesn't really want to kill him. But he wants him out of his way and he's like, what if I can just – you know, like whatever. I don't I don't care that you're dating my daughter. I We, we disagree but I'm going to let you live. I, I know, right. I mean, I mean it's the everyman in him, right? He's, yeah. He's this yeah. dude who's like, <clears throat> I'm a guy from Queens. You're screwing up my business. I'm going to have a frank talk with you. Like he's just a kid. Yeah. But also, I'm going to do what needs doing if it happens. Yeah, yeah. And P.S., there's no fucking tonight. Otherwise, you're going to get this gun in your face. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great. Like, show my daughter a good time. I don't want you slinging no webs tonight. <laughs> yeah. Show my daughter a good time, but not too good of a time. <laughs> the only money shot in your face is going to be this fucking bullet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's in the unrated version. That's going to be on Blu-ray. Keep, keep your thorax in your that, pants, That's the, the Judd Apatow <laughs> version of the movie. Keep your thorax in your pants. Uh, spider humor always <laughs> always kills. <sighs> so, yeah, great twist. Yeah, solid twist. Yeah, it was no, a good, it, it good does, twist. Like, so that builds up to the final event, which... I thought maybe there would be an inciting incident somewhere where, like, Spider-Man really heroically saves a thing that needed saving. But no, <laughs> he doesn't. Like, even the last thing is, like, it would have sucked to lose the jet full of stuff. Yeah. Also, also, sorry, I'm going to say this just for Carson's sake, right? Oh, you're going to say it was a lame-ass jet or something? No, no, no. What I'm going to say is, why did Tony have to destroy all the suits if the ship was just going to ah, crash? Anyways? Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck your suits. <laughs> I mean, shit. Plane just crashed. And just, like, there was at least one of the suits inside that plane. Just, boom, they're all gone now. Like, I didn't. He didn't have to blow them all up. He could have just oh, took them man. to the Avenger base and then. He, pfft, he just gone. made some. He just made some more because he's a badass. He could just make them. It's like baking cookies for Tony Stark. He just pops them in the oven. And they come out ten minutes. You know, he's a genius. I, I, do, 
I do think it's a nice touch on Michael Keaton's character that, like, at the end of the movie, he doesn't give up who Spider-Man is. Yeah. Like, that, that's a good everyman. But there, yeah. there's, a, there's a weird, like, I don't get why he's so, like, he has that weird smile, like, I just did something clever. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't get whether he's proud of himself for doing the right thing. Or, like, I, 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 I mean, he doesn't hate Spider-Man in general. He personally hates that he got in the way of his business. Yeah. He doesn't, like, stand against him. It's not like he's just, like, an evil man. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just mean, like, after he walks away, there's, like, this... I think <laughs> like... that's just his face. He couldn't turn off the Jack Nicholson so quickly. <laughs> gotcha. I did, I did like the... Uh, uh, I was gonna... I was reminded, because, you know, Chris mentioned that, that the... The uh, the scope of this movie it felt very intimate. I liked that aspect too, but it didn't. I thought it didn't feel like uh, small though. Like I thought it still felt very like big, large scale and uh, as a movie, it didn't feel like it was uh, where where you're watching it. You're just like you know where did the money go? Like yeah, um, well, so it, it was it like was large. It was, it was like, large for the character, not yeah. large for the universe as a whole. Yeah, the universe still felt big, but the. They focused, they kept the action small. Um, and I liked, I thought all the action sequences were like really memorable. Like the the Washington Monument action scene was like, was really cool. Uh, the the visual of like that camouflage of Tony Stark's camouflage jet was cool. Um, what was the other one that, I don't know, I can't remember. But there was like, it, like all of the action scenes, like they felt like they had like, okay, like, you know, it felt like there was at least like an effort put into them where it was like, OK, like this is going like there's going to be a defining thing about them. You know, there's going to be something you're going to uh, remember it by e- even like the scene where, the uh, you know, he's saving everyone on the on the on the ferry. Like in the trailer, it just kind of looks like, oh, Spider-Man, because like I think in uh, Spider-Man <laughs> 2, remember in Spider-Man 2, he pulls the subways together, right? Like mm-hmm. he did something like that where he's like trying to hold two parts of a large object together and i was yeah. like oh this shit well, no, again. No, the, the there's there's the scene where he's trying to stop the runaway train yeah that's and, it, and he's yeah. shooting the the buildings as they go by in the street and he's right, doing right, the same right. po- like jesus pose where he's yeah yeah to, yeah and he's like holding on yeah that was in spider-man and like too, jesus yeah. everybody lifts him <laughs> yeah. yeah i thought doc brown <laughs> um but yeah but even in that scene um it's memorable too like we got we get the guy who's all like yeah, Spider Man, and then Iron Man showed up. He's like, "Yeah, Iron, <laughs> yeah, Man. Iron Man, yeah, fuck Spider Man." <laughs> it was funny though because he's like, "Yeah, Spider Man," and then Spider Man's plan fails. He's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you suck, <laughs> you suck, Spider Man. Yeah, uh, bitch ass had to be saved by Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. I will say I'm glad that all those cars got rushed out of that section by the water. Otherwise, that ferry wouldn't have gone back together. <laughs> It's one of the things I couldn't stop thinking about. Um, but yeah, so, so let me ask you one, one last thing just real fast uh, for you, Carson, was so I, I loved like the, the, the way the choreography was for the fight on top of Stark's plane, like the way that uh, the vulture had to like stab into the ship to prevent, him, prevent himself from being blown past just by the wind going by and it's like at moments it was hard to see what was happening because everything was so like windblown and like jittery and shaking and stuff like that but it was like you it was almost like you couldn't visually pick out the detail but you could tell what was happening and why the character was doing it and there's something really interesting about that and i'm just curious for you carson whether the the way that scene was shot uh, took away from the interesting dynamic of how that was choreographed. Oh, I I didn't have any problem with it. Like I I thought it looked, I thought it looked good. It didn't look uh, dark, just because like it, it looked dark, like naturally dark, not like oh I can't see anything that's happening. Um, yeah. The the camera was steady too. Like if it was shaking around, it was obviously again uh, to naturally give you the sense that you're on the side of a fucking plane or something. Um, it was kind of like, it's kind of like, I always go back to, um, well now, uh, also Sicario, but like, I always go back to like, uh, the end of Skyfall 
you know, like Roger Deakins shot that where it's like everything, like the only thing that's being lit are like, is like the fire from James Bond's mansion that blew up. Like it, they all look like they're in hell and, you know, they're running around at the end. And, um, like that, it was like so dark and like, it was just barely lit, but it, you could see everything. And then that was like at the end of Sicario too, where they all put on like the, um, the, the, uh, fuck, what, what is that? The, like the night vision scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, that was like the same deal where it's like, how, like, how does it look so simple? But then in another movie, it looks like, like what, like how, like how it, it's so weird to me, like that, you know, that, that it, it it's. I mean, I know it's not, but it seems so effortless. And then, like in other movies, you're just like, "Man, how did it all go so wrong?" But I didn't have a problem with that scene in this movie. I thought it looked fine. I mean, overall, like the movie looked pretty good. I, um, it it kind of like got into that like bland visual Marvel look, but uh, there was enough in it that, uh, that was okay. I mean, I think the the main selling point for this movie was like the the characters and everything. Like that was elevating yeah. it. Like it could have looked like they could have shot it on a fucking you know razor flip phone and it still would have been good. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> just because the everything else was so strong. You wouldn't watch Tangerine yeah. Spider Man? No. <laughs> I, I think it would still work if they did it that way. You know, I, I like the visuals weren't really the selling point in this movie. But it didn't look cheap, that's for sure. Yeah. No. Cool. Well, uh, should we call it an evening? Sure. I, I guess one final thought. I enjoyed the MJ reveal quite a bit. I thought oh, that yeah. was pretty surprising. No. I, if I may, that one I did see coming. I was like, I'm pretty sure Zendaya is going to be MJ. So I I, I did. I, I called that one, guys. <laughs> Ian, I'm proud of you. I know, I know. Please be proud of me, please. Cool. Well, uh, we're going to take off. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk at you next time. Bye. Bye. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like guys. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. 